Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. Georgina is a town of about 50,000 residents in Ontario, Canada. Its fire, water rescue, and ambulances have some staff, some volunteers, and a shoestring budget. Our sister podcast in Canada talked to Lorianne Zwicker, Deputy Fire Chief with Georgina Fire and Rescue Services, who explained how real-time data collection and spatial analysis has saved lives. To take a paintbrush and paint over Georgina, I could tell you that the top three causes of fire are smoking, cooking, and electrical. I actually have a community here in Georgina that has absolutely not one of those top three concerns. Let's push that message out. It actually relates to them. Lorianne Zwicker tells Esri's Guan Yu why the geographic approach is improving public safety in Canada. Tell us a little bit about your organization, the Georgina Fire and Rescue Services. Georgina Fire and Rescue Services is a composite fire department with about 44 full-time and 60 volunteers. We have three uh, full-time fire prevention and public education staff, a training officer, two admin assistants, and three senior officers. Over the geographical area of uh, Georgina, there are three fire stations located in Keswick, Sutton, and Pefferlaw. Keswick and Sutton are our full-time stations, and Pefferlaw would be volunteer. And we average around 2,500 to 2,600 calls a year. We are also all-hazard departments, so we deal with fires, medicals, water rescue. We have 52 kilometers of waterfront here, so we have winter and summer water rescues, auto extrication, so we're quite busy up here. With so many situations to manage and a very big department with volunteers and full-time staff, as a deputy fire chief, what are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing? I think one of the biggest is our growth in relation to risks. So when we look at how we're growing, when we have more population coming in, the demographics are changing, so do the types of fires, so do the types of calls that we get. And because of that, we now have to take a step back. We look at our live data now. We can look in, we can go down to street level and say, okay, we've had X amount of newcomers coming into Georgina. We see an influx of different types of fires in this area. Now we have to target message. And mm-hmm. it's only by target messaging that we're going to be able to really get that message across to newcomers that are coming in and even individuals who have been living here for a long time. They're going mm-hmm. to see changes in their community that they had not seen in a long time. Tell us a bit about this assessment itself. The community risk assessment is that we take a process, we identify, we're going to analyze, evaluate, and then we prioritize all of our risks in relation to public safety. And then once we have all of that in place, that is what we use to make informed decisions about the provisions that we provide for fire protection services. So this is how you found out about GIS. Tell us where you started with the software. I went online and I started watching some YouTube videos to see just how to get started. And uh, I opened it up and I started playing with it. And I dropped a bit of Excel data in to see if I could create a map and voila, 
I made a map and I thought, oh, this is so cool. And then I learned about so many other applications. I had to stay calm and just get the bases done first. Tell us about the first analysis. One of the things that came out is if I was to take a paintbrush and paint over Georgina, I could tell you that the top three causes of fire are smoking, cooking, and electrical. But once I broke down the polygons into smaller communities, I actually have a community here in Georgina that has absolutely not one of those top three concerns. I was able to determine that the actual fire causes is barbecuing, uh, chimneys and wood stoves, and uh, open air burning. There is no cooking, smoking, or electrical. That's mind blowing because by zooming into a finer geographic area, you're able to identify major causes of fire in that particular area, and that's new information, new insights that wasn't there before. Exactly. So why would I send out information, send fire prevention and public education, send a captain out to that particular community? And talk about causes of fire that they cannot relate to. Why don't we say the target message is it's barbecue safety. That's our number one cause of fire in this area. Let's push that message out. It actually relates to them. So that if you go to the door and you say, were you aware that in the last four years, there have been 10 barbecue fires in this community? I'm here today to talk to you about barbecue safety and to provide you some additional information and answer any questions that you have. We are specifically speaking to their area. And that was an amazing insight when we started creating the storyboards and seeing the difference from one community to the other on what those causes of fire were. We have a new program called Community Captain. So we have eight communities in Georgina. We have eight full-time captains, and each one is assigned to a community. All of the captains now are equipped with top three causes of fire in their area. What are the top three subjects that they should be talking about? And they have more information to provide to that resident. We are currently sitting at a 29% Uh, interaction rate. We never had that interaction rate before. We now have it where it's actually quantified data that says of all of the community captains that we have done so far this year since May the 1st, 29% of them, we have had face-to-face interaction. And that is a number that we never had before. And you think the increase of, of that interaction rate is due to a deepening understanding of the community. Therefore, they're able to build that relationship. Another thing I want to touch on, because I couldn't help but think that not every resident living in the communities need the same kind of help and education. What do you do once you learn more about the community in terms of disadvantaged population? There are certain households may need more information than others, and they may need to be engaged in a different way. Certainly. So those are classified as a high risk. And we do look at our high risk. I'll give you a great example. We have in Georgina, I'll just use one community, Keswick South. I know that in Keswick South, I have 1,602 seniors residing in Keswick South. It's actually 12.2% 
of that population in that community is senior. But what's more telling from the data is that 287 of those seniors live alone. And that is risk. What we did here, fire prevention uh, and public education, my team, we looked at how can we reach them. And we can say they like to learn this way. They like interaction on social media this way. But we have to make sure that we can get the foot in the door to be able to ensure their safety. What we did was we created a community partnership with one of our local senior groups here. And we use, and we're going to talk about it for sure, but they have a QR code card on them, all of the staff for that uh, group. And when they go into a residence now, and it's for a senior, they test the smoke and CO alarms. And if everything is fine, great. But if something is not, then they scan the card. They send a message, say, smoke alarms are missing or not operating, they hit submit and it immediately sends a message to the chief officers here that there is a smoke alarm not functioning in a senior's residence and we dispatch the crew immediately to go and do an install. That's one way that we're meeting those risks and it was only by being able to dive into that data and be able to really get into data to, to know who's living in those communities. And that QR code scanning, that's part of the technology that you established as part of your new approach to look at the community risk assessment process. Now, what we did was we realized we need to be able to provide our crews with the ability to push back data so that we know what's going on out there when they're with the public. And we took our Home Safe Home program and our new Community Captain program, and we created Survey 123s. I call it the Georgina Fire and Rescue Service Risk App. And they have that on their tablets, on the trucks, and they have a cell phone as well on their trucks. And they all have these lovely little QR code cards that they can scan wherever they are. And when they are out doing Home Safe Home, if they're out doing a community captain, they enter the data in. It takes about 20 seconds for the data for them to complete it. They hit submit and it automatically comes in here. I see all the data filtering through all day long. But what it also provides to me is further data to let me know that currently, right now, Georgina is sitting at a 39.48% non-compliance rate with smoke alarms. This tells me that my communities, maybe not all of them, but I can dig deep by community and I can determine where the areas are because now we're going to have to create another new program. And we're in the process of working on that now because 39% is not acceptable. So what is it we're not getting across to the residents to ensure that they have working smoke and CO alarms? And we need to be able to get the message out that you have to have a working smoke alarm. Working smoke alarms save lives. It's your first line in defense. It is your early warning to get you out of the house. And that is my 
biggest piece right now where I am trying to figure out with my team different ways that we are going to be able to get that message out to the community, to each of the communities, and how we're actually going to uh, move forward with it. What community partners can we use? We have more community partners in Georgina than we have ever had before. And it's because we can actually go to them and say, here's your community. These are the concerns in your community. We can reach them this way and we need your support. Can you give us an example there? For example, what kind of partner, like who will you form a partnership and how you will reach your audience through their network? I won't put specific names, but I can tell you that there is in one of our communities, there is through our data, we know where they shop. And I went with my team, we met with them, we said, these are the top three risks of fire in your area. And you also have a very high risk area in your community. And those individuals shop here. We know they shop here. We want to be able to build a partnership with you where you can provide information to them in their shopping bags when they're leaving. And shopping bags slowly became People are bringing their own shopping bags. So what we did was we added it onto their receipt as well. So on the bottom of the receipt, there's a quick little message from us, from the fire department. And then on the items that drop into the bag, we put a really nice card and the community partner paid for all of that printing. Wow, that's a really innovative way to get the messages out there. Have there been interests in other fire departments? And what do you tell small uh, communities or similar uh, size communities like Georgina when they want to start a program like this? Where do they start? Every municipality uh, does have a GIS analyst, so they can utilize them as well. I do about two, sometimes three presentations a week. I'll do a live demonstration of it. And then most of them, that's how it ends. And then they say, okay, we want to do this, but how do we get started? And so I have a lovely little checklist that I send to them. I made one up and I just said, okay, these are the first steps that you need to make in order to get yourself started. And then I move to say, okay, once you've got all of this data in place, then you can create this, you can go to this, and you can go to this. These three things, these first three tabs that I created many moons ago, are the basis of the Ontario Community Risk Assessment. They have been reviewed by the fire marshal and they are deemed to meet the legislative requirements. Everything extra that I show them on the other eight tabs, that's all extra things that you can do once you've learned how to work the program. So I do give my time and I'll say, if you need an hour here or an hour there, I'll guide you, teach you how to do a storyboard, teach you how to work the hub and get your storyboards and dashboards onto the hub. I'll teach you how to do a survey, one, two, three, so you can just get the the basic building blocks of your CRA in place. Once you get into it, it's such an easy program to learn and an easy program to utilize. You can drop it onto your cell phone and it's just so easy. It is the new way of looking at community risk assessment. And I encourage everyone when I get an opportunity to speak to them to put the paper aside 
and move to this type of technology. It's going to save a lot of work. And when I say that to them and I say, okay, under the community risk assessment, you are required to review it annually and redo it every five years. Georgina Fire and Rescue Services never has to review or redo. Thank you very much for sharing the story with our listeners today. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. And thanks to Lorianne Zwicker for showing us the future of risk assessment and public safety.